The government spends $135 billion a year on research and development, but much of it remains inaccessible to the public. Since 2013, agencies have been under a mandate from the Office of Science and Technology Policy to make federally funded research and research data more accessible. Results have been mixed, though. For the latest, Tom Timmons spoke with the Managing Director for Science, Technology Assessment, and Analytic Issues at the Government Accountability Office, John Newman. We looked at 19 federal agencies that are required to help uh, provide uh, researchers with guidance and requirements for making the results of research publicly available, including publications and data. And generally, we found that agencies were making progress in some areas. For example, they had uh, repositories for publications, but they still needed to do a lot more with making the data accessible through uh, repositories or websites. Is it fair to say most of this money, the spending, is not on agency research directly, but on academic and other institutions that get grants to do research, correct? Right. A good part of this right is going to researchers at universities and other institutions that do research on behalf of the federal government. And it's important to have the public access this, the results of this research to increase the impact as well as the accountability of the research. I mean, isn't that part of the deal when you accept a grant, then you agree that what you do is in the public interest in some manner? Right. And, and since it's agency funded, it should also be made publicly available when you have results. And is the issue that the work being done, say, by a university is done on its site and on its, its computers and so on, that there's a break somehow between getting those results to where it can be posted for anyone to be able to see? Well, I think the issue is there's 19 different federal agencies setting these requirements. There's general high-level requirements for researchers to, to make this uh, data and the publications available to the public, but there aren't a lot of specifics on how they should do so, and agencies vary on how they do that. Well, what did the OSTP policy require back in 2013, and was that backed up and by a statute? It's a policy memo. At a high level, it requires some means to make the data publicly available. It's the implementation that's tricky because there are challenges, and OSTP has an interagency working group that uh, has been meeting on how to address some of these common challenges, like standardizing the repositories or how to deal with sensitive data that needs to be protected before being posted on a public website. There's no single place, then, where researchers post their results or send them into the government. I was reading a report about counterfeit parts. There's a new rule, and just to make an analogy, every contractor that suspects there are counterfeit parts in the supply chain has one government database to put that up on, and a rule is just finalized to require that. There's nothing like that for federally funded research, is there? No, there isn't. About a little over half of the agencies do have a single repository for data, like a website portal, but seven of the agencies we looked at did not have that, making it difficult people would have to go to multiple sites to find the results of research at a particular agency. Is the requirement on agencies to do something or on the research recipients to do something, or should they are they supposed to work together somehow? The requirements for the agencies are to ensure that these uh, research, the data is being made public. Uh, they set the requirements and provide guidance. The researchers are required to comply with that. We're speaking with John Newman, Managing Director for Science, Technology Assessment, and Analytic Issues at the Government Accountability Office. And what is the mechanism most agencies use? Simply a link back to, say, a site that is operated by the institution that did the research? Or do they expect the data sets to come to the government and then somehow be cataloged there? No, they 
are required to use either a, a common repository that might be available, like, for example, NIH has a PubMed Central, which is used by multiple agencies, and their researchers provide the data and publications on, those, on that site. But other agencies allow researchers to decide how to do it themselves. For example, they could just create a website and post their research on that, and that would comply with the requirements of that particular agency. But if it's on the website of the researching group, how would the public ever have any ideas as to where to find it? Exactly. And that's why we made recommendations to multiple agencies to improve the access, particularly for data. I mean, could agencies simply adopt the structure set up by NIH and, and replicate it throughout the government and simply tell their grant recipients, this is where it goes? That's an option, and that's something we did not specifically recommend how to do it, but we uh, did recommend that agencies take steps to uh, you know, establish some easier means to access particularly the research data. Because I imagine the data is one thing, but getting to the data requires really metadata. In other words, if someone wants right. to look up, say, research done on turkey gullets because it's Thanksgiving, somewhere someone has done some research on turkey gullets, but where would you begin to lurk? It could be NIH, it could be the Agriculture Department, it could be one of a dozen places. Right, and that's why the interagency working group that uh, the Office of Science and Technology Policy has uh, ongoing to address this issue, really does need to come up with some defined outcomes for the cha common challenges of making this data publicly available. Tell us more about some of the recommendations that you have made. Well, we made recommendations to multiple individual agencies to take additional steps, particularly uh, in ensuring compliance with the research requirements, requirements uh, making sure that there's uh, the data is accessible, but then for uh, the interagency working group, we also made a recommendation that they use leading collaboration practices to define outcomes for the common challenges they face. For example, standardization of the repositories, as we talked about, or how to deal with sensitive data. And by the way, what is the criterion for making it into the 19 agencies that you did look at? Well, we looked at all agencies that spend over $100 million a year in annual research and development expenditures. And we came up with uh, 21 uh, that had complied with this requirement, only 19 that were actually required to uh, under the OSTP memo. So we, we focus on those 19 agencies. And getting back to the accessibility, I mean, there's compliance with an order, but are there other metrics to determine whether this really is accessible? Like, for example, how many times it's downloaded or visited? Well, that's another issue that the interagency working group could tackle. How do you measure progress in this area to ensure that you know, agencies are compliant and that researchers are compliant in particular because there is quite a huge volume of data being produced through this federal research. I mean, is one of the premises behind all of this that perhaps if someone is doing, you know, poultry research at Penn State, probably the people at Kansas State might be aware of it because th those research communities tend to know who one another are. But the idea is that maybe someone completely from left field could look at the poultry research and come up with conclusions or ideas for further research that might not have occurred to the traditional people. Right. And that's the interdisciplinary nature of, of research. Sometimes an invention in one area or research in one area could produce results in a completely different area. So having greater public access to this research and the data that it produces really could increase the impact of the, you know, the results of federal research spending. And did the agencies generally agree that, yeah, they got to do more to make sure that there's some standardized way of making their stuff accessible and, and we'll go ahead and try to do that? Yes. Uh, the agencies 
members were very much in agreement with our recommendations, except for the Office of Science and Technology Policy, uh, which disagreed, saying that it had taken steps to collaborate with the agencies through the interagency working group. However, they haven't really defined their results or their outcomes. Uh, they explained to us that this is an ongoing process and they're still in deliberations about what their outcomes should be. We would like to see some defined outcomes, something that can show that they're on the right track to making progress in this area. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.